Zelda in Fote Podcast. Bum, 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 bum. Hey everybody, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. That opening was brought to you by Brandon and Company, and this week's closing theme, as always, is brought to you by Jish. It's the Hero of Time Remix. You can find it down below, as well as information on who did our cover banner for this week, probably me, uh, in our article write-up on ZeldaInformer.com. But first, before we talk about anything more, let's get into the news breakdown for this week. This week, are the rumors circulating of PS4 compatibility true? Have 10... It's no! It's no! It's not true! Back to you, Adam. Have 10% of players been stuck in Vault 111 in Fallout 4? And could Minecraft help teach you computer science? All of these questions and no more answered after this sentence. No. Yes. And who cares? This is the ZI Podcast. (coughs) Once again, my name is Adam, and this week I'm happily joined by the very angry... I'm not that angry, so I, I mean, and I'm usually the first one, Adam, so joke's on you. Hey, what's up, guys? Well, it's, you uh, seemed very angry that I would assume that you're angry, so I guess it's kind of a win. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> kind of, maybe for you. And then uh, the next, like, 45 minutes are just, like, silence, like, really silence, uncomfortable. You know, humbleness, or... Oh, no, know. I thought, like, like, like angry tension, just like... Yeah, that so, sounds about right. So, uh, what... <laughs> Shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Just be, just be quiet, Adam. Okay. Just, just be quiet. <laughs> Uh, hey, hey guys, how's it going? It's your wonderful, uh, boy Chris here. Um, still playing, still being, and still doing the fallouts. Oh, that, said Mr. Mitchell carelessly. I've read that. Merely is a sensational lie. Worked off upon a gullible public. Stop it, Colin. (laughs) Colin, Colin decides to tell me before the podcast of his great idea. For an episode where, uh, instead of doing about an hour of, you know, you know, I'll just let you tell it. <laughs> okay, well, sometimes when we're recording, what you don't realize when you, when you finish hearing these podcasts is that we're not just 100% perfect. I mean, I am, uh, get, these three other consoles are. But, get out of here. <laughs> but, um, we have to edit a lot down. Some of it is dead air of trying to segue into topics that we're just unsure of what the next topic would be. Hey, don't reveal um, our secrets. Oof. So, I decided that, uh, I'll try something different. Every time there's a little bit of dead air and we don't know where to go to next, I'm just gonna open up my, my big, thick book of the best American mystery stories of the 19th century, and I'm just going to start reading off of a random page. Mine was just screaming Zelda fanfiction, like really, really dirty Zelda fanfiction. Well, next week we'll do um, we'll do Walking Walking Dead fanfic. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I'm down with this idea. Let's do it. In the spirit of Thanksgiving. Uh, and last but not least. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> so anyway guys what have you guys been playing i do not wonder i rejoined the crime which took place next door is almost forgotten by the community and if even if it were not so what have you guys been playing this past week can i read what? hey hey guys <laughs> is that it is that all you got i'm i'm back i listened to last week's episode and decided i should come back and fix it by making the worst introduction of all time, <laughs> by I just not waiting, showing up, I, I guess I guess he's right. Opportunity. 
<laughs> the opportunity we was... literally introduced you buddy <laughs> the opportunity was there seize yeah, the day it's like a lot it's like arriving fashionably late <laughs> where is he i don't know i thought he was here oh hey guys i was right here hi how you doing can you, you can you imagine if fashionably late applied to just every aspect of your life it does I'll let... <laughs> well all right then so what have you guys been playing this past week fallout 4 <laughs> uh, honestly i've been i don't think i've gotten off of it since i got it you and um, all of my roommates and neighbors i'm sorry just like oh, if i'm not at school or if i'm not at work and then i'm at home playing fallout and I, i'm doing the podcast right now so i'm not playing Fallout. Uh, i i should be done with the main campaign by like friday and then i'm gonna try to 100 percent the game by like next week tuesday because i know next week's gonna be hectic with all this other stuff so yeah we'll see how it goes i played um something truly terrible it was called spelunker world on the ps4 now for context i love the hell out of the game spelunker spelunker is by the way a really great um uh mining sort of it's kind of like pitfall but a lot more extreme and it's on the nes and it's great and you should play it it's on the virtual console um there's a great updated version on the PS3 called Spelunker HD. It's great. Go get that. It's got split-screen co-op, which is always fun. Um, but there's this new one that's free-to-play, and it. there's always been jokes on the internet of, oh, what if old Nintendo games were free-to-play with microtransactions? And this game actually answers that question. It's gross. It's a typical NES side-scroller, but... You got your, your microtransactions. You got to pay up for gems if you want to. If you run out of lives, you got to pay up to get more lives. And uh, it's even got skins that give you stat boosts that you have to grind for. You know, all the terrible things that come to free-to-play games. So that was the worst. Other than that, haven't been playing much because my workload increased. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah I have like... Because we're nearing the end of a uh, college semester, I'm getting a bunch of assignments in now, and I'm just procrastinating them because I'm lazy. And also, because I had the awesome opportunity, because my neighbor's great, uh, to play Fallout 4 for five hours. And it's everything I wanted in a Fallout sequel. Like, everything I wanted is there. Except maybe dialogue stuff. That's my only gripe, but the I'm, I'm so addicted to the gameplay. I'm Someone so released a mod... I think today or maybe yesterday that replaces all of the dialogue options with the actual lines that the character is saying. Would, so it's not just I, yo, like yes, honestly, no. I'm against that. Why? Why? Because then there's no surprise to the voice acting in the game. Then there's no point of voice acting in the game in general. Well, but like <laughs> they did that same thing kind of in Mass Effect, or at least well, they Matt, hinted at it. I, no, that's, that's I was okay I mean, with it in Mass Effect. In Mass Effect, that's had the how same... Fallout games have worked up. Yeah, to this point. actually, in Fallout games, they would like say the line, and they'd have the thing at the end that says like persuade or yeah, no, security. No, I, no, no, I understand that, and I respect that. But like for me. I so I never finished Fallout Three or New Vegas mm -hmm. or any of the other games. I, don't crucify me for this. I came into Fallout Four and I honestly I like Fallout Four a lot more than I liked New Vegas or Fallout Three just because like you know voice acting has always kind of been like a I, I in pretty much all the games I've played. You know, I think been voice acting. I don't like think that. that just because you can read what they're gonna say beforehand, it's gonna 
take anything out of the voice acting because the voice acting is phenomenal. Like the actors uh, no, it's did a, a job, really great you know, job, and I think that reading it a lot like for me like i used to have this thing where i couldn't watch movies without subtitles i just i had a hard time turn on the subtitles on the game right but i mean the same thing i think i think of it in the same way where if i'm reading it it's it helps me comprehend it a little bit better and it doesn't take away from the experience i know for some people that's like subtitles on a movie really ruins the experience for them ruins the cinematic feel uh, but for me, I never mind it. So I think that I, I like this mod or the idea of this mod. I mean, so. I'm not saying the mods opposed. I'm sure a lot of people love this mod. So it gives them some sort right, of clarity. Because right. I understand there's a lot of confusion with this. Because mm-hmm, it's me, very I, simple yeah, yeah. with like the yes, no, sarcasm, that sort of thing. But it's, I see where you're coming from. It's but like it's not even it's not even as basic as yes and no. Like the only one I will I will say that they are at fault that was the sarcastic thing because that that's honestly a wild card for any of them. Mm-hmm. But some of the other answers, it's it sort of is as basic as yes, and no. Um. Like right. a friend told me he had an experience where, uh, you know, one of the words choices that he had was violence in, in the conversation. And so, you know, he assumed that that meant he was going to talk about violence and not take out his gun and shoot someone in which he actually took out his gun and shot someone, which yeah, he didn't want to do at all. That's, I, that's poor design. That's poor indication. Be, like, but I mean, like when I see that thing, I, you know, the first thing that thinks in my head is like, oh, that's probably I'm going to shoot someone. You know, I guess well, some people can figure it out. Some there's people can't. two ways that I... A lot of other Fallout games, and I've seen this in, like you said, Mass Effect, where like usually the thing in parentheses or some indication on the sides of whatever word it is will mm-hmm. describe it as an action as opposed to something that's being said. Mm-hmm. So maybe he missed the indicator. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and said that it was just poorly formatted, so they forgot no, to no, put no, it. I mean, I understand what the, the thing that people like right. have, like the, the right. gripe they I'm, have against I'm, Bethesda for this. I'm saying that... Uh, but I do, th- I do see where you're coming from with this. That you know, it does kind of uh, like take away from that sort of interesting. Like, it's not just um, about getting those options exactly right. It's about you know experiencing the moments that you're creating by feeling a certain way or agreeing with the character in a certain way. Like you're guiding them and they're they're fully fleshing out the idea. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's there's a beauty to that. To be honest, I will say this is probably the least Fallout out of most of the Fallout games. Mm-hmm. Just because of like this added things like that, maybe that's why I find it so attractive. This game more reminds me more of like a game like Far Cry rather than I think, a Fallout game. I think it's a good I mean, in a good it way. Just, it has a lot of Fallout stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying it's because like because Skyrim was the same way. It was the least uh, Elder Scrolls game of the Elder Scrolls series, but it kind of didn't work in its favor. I, I um, mean, it, it I left a bad it's, taste in your it's, mouth. It's slim, it's slim lined. It's um. I think they were trying Slimmed to open down, up. It's streamlined. It's casualized. Right. It's, yeah, they were trying to open up to like, made the, for the more modern I, gamer. Mm-hmm. But I spent Fallout 4 just exploring. I spent a, a good hour just exploring the game and really having fun with it, diverting away from the main quest line and actually being invested in the things that they were showing me off on the sides. Unlike in Skyrim, where, you know, I'll just, I'll just, do, I did the main quest and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Because Dude, I didn't I, care. I got the achievement for discovering 100 locations and it gave me right. a. 40 gamer score like like, f yeah when i first found the first crafting station in fallout 4 i'm not going to put any spoils in this by the way but like you you have your gun basic pistol or whatever and it shows you a list of modifications you can make to it because weapon modding is a thing in this game you know make custom items uh and i was immediately interested in a few mods and because the game is formatted so well i could have already start building these things so instead of 
continuing on and doing the like literally the second objective in the main quest line, I decided to spend an hour and look for these materials and build myself this gun that I really wanted. And I had so much fun doing it. I had so much fun looking for the materials. I had so much fun exploring. I found this cool cave uh, that I heard from this note uh, where these guys stored some extra like gear. It was all really interesting. It's all set up in such a profoundly clever way. Like there's so much effort done to this and it doesn't feel like I'm reading novels like I did in Skyrim. It feels like, you know, there's a little piece of information. There's a thing I get to go do. Yeah. And by remembering these small little pieces of information, I discover new things as opposed to reading pages upon pages of filler information in Skyrim and being bored out of my mind. Uh, no. But that's not the only game I played this week. The other one, uh, did, you, did you want to talk more about Fallout 4? No, no, that's just all I wanted to say about it. Like, uh, okay. Uh, the other... Let's not. <laughs> what? Let's not. Okay. I think we've, we've, we've said our... Okay. I think we said enough on Fallout 4. Okay, cool, because I wanted to switch gears to the other thing I played this week. Uh, I got to play, because I've had it in my Steam library for a while, but I never got the chance to play it. Um, South Park, The Stick of Truth. It's a very interesting two RPGs to play in the same week, and oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Obsidian, because we were just talking about right. Fallout, um, it, it's it's amazing. Obsidian is a company that has had that has always made really really shoddy pro- uh, products, whether they're unfinished or just super buggy. Mm-hmm. Um, like Kotor two, they didn't even finish the game. Yeah, it took years and Alpha years. Alpha Protocol took years to make mm-hmm. um and ended up being a mess new vegas even though most people say it's the best fallout game it's, it's still not still, perfect there's still yeah. some pretty like horrible um bad design, there's still like, a reason why i prefer fallout 3 over new vegas um and there's also dungeon siege 3 which is just a total piece of crap and i've always joked mm-hmm. that it took obsidian to make a game literally out of construction paper to finally get it right. And it's it's, and that's it's amazing Park. how well they did this game. Yeah. This is in no way should they would they ever be ashamed that South Park the Stick of Truth is their best game to date because yeah. it's so well made. It shows off the best of their company. In every po- it shows creativity, it shows humor, it shows passion, it shows smartly designed combat. Everything about the game is so good, and I've only played two hours, and I'm so I'm, I wish I was playing it right now. I had Colin was like, "Hey, we have to start the podcast. Can you get off the game?" And I'm like, "Okay, mom." <laughs> there is another game they did through Kickstarter, uh, Pillars of Eternity. I remember hearing about that. I've heard that's like pretty. Was that the one that was supposed to be like Neverwinter Nights, or am I thinking I, something else? I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I just know that it's a game that has been released. It was. Pub, like it was uh back through kickstarter mm-hmm. and it's good yeah I, I think it's supposed to be more boulder uh Baldur's yeah gate. Baldur's gate that's the one yeah people were recommending pillars of eternity for to me for a while because uh i'm interested in that sort of style it's still like 50 bucks on steam though um <laughs> so not not something i can really afford to get uh but yeah it got crazy reviews across the board um so anyway uh if you haven't played south park sick of truth or Fallout 4. Play them. They're really good. Uh, and by the way, because it's a class in South Park, the Stick of Truth, I decided to play as the Jew class. Because oh, of course. Of, of course. I, I wonder it's why. Because no, listen. You get like the you <laughs> get the yes. You get the outfit 
and everything. And also Cartman's like, <laughs> the noble warrior, the the brilliant mage, the 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 sneaky clever thief. Or he could be a Jew, and you know we don't get to be friends anymore. <laughs> well, it's funny because the Jew is also like the best class in the game. I didn't know that. It it it's got some pretty damn good like well-rounded stats. You get like. You get the, the, the shepherd's cane and, like, the sling of David. Everything is, like, so funny and catered. I spent 30 minutes just exploring people's houses, and there was so much content just from doing that. I was rewarded as a player for being interested in everything. That game is super raunchy, too. Yeah, and, and, but like, it's, even but by, it's so well done. Like it's Even by South Park standards. Like, I really hate when, uh, like, a, like, a primetime cartoon, like, simpsons or family guys like oh we're gonna make the the unrated uncensored dvd and it's just them saying like an extra swear word or two yeah mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like too thrown into an episode well, like it's not yeah. it's like literally nothing but, but this this game like actually takes south park to a whole nother in level. a good way it doesn't like it's not trying to flaunt it it's not it's oh, just yeah. it's like this is just the thing that we want to make this and we're not going to restrict ourselves for a rating reason we're just going to make it and let it like let it flourish um, everything feels cool from the, the, the fake Facebook thing to like the inventory system to like modifying weapons and things. I got myself like a Jewish beard within like 20 minutes. So oh, like, you got yourself I, oh, yeah. a Jewish beard. Yeah. It's, point. it's the wizard beard, but it's like, you get the full rabbi beard effect anyway. Um, I know you like that, Adam. <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> uh, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention that I found this week. Uh, there's a, there's a pigeon movie database <laughs> that just details you posted this in the topics. I didn't see this. What is this? <laughs> it's, it's a website that points out pigeons in every movie. Actually, you know what? No, I actually did play a game and I, um, another game this week and I had completely forgotten about it. I played, it's in, um. It's in early access. Mm-hmm. It's called Layers of Fear. Oh, Layers of Fear is Chris was talking about this a few weeks ago. I was. Yeah, that yeah. game is hilarious. How is it hey, scary it, in any way? Well, I mean, I thought it looked like crazy it's the good. Funniest thing I've ever played. Is it funny? I don't know. It's fu- there's a there's a level where all it is is just like babies and parts of like baby dolls floating around, and my friend and I were laughing through the whole thing. Dang. There's one point where you open a door and there's just a giant baby doll head and then the door slams and we thought it was really funny. Because babies are the most hilarious thing to have ever happened to humanity. Babies. <laughs> They're like little tiny, like chubby human beings that can't like walk. They can just kind of like, eh! <laughs> they just, just kind of like wiggle and and. Makes sense. You heard it here first, folks. Colin thinks that babies are funny. Babies are hilarious. Are you kidding me? That's going to be your description this week. <laughs> babies. Haven't you ever seen a baby? It's the funniest thing. <laughs> this is the miracle of childbirth. I usually don't I mean, like, like babies. Like, I, I like video games. You heard it here, folks. Adam hates babies. <laughs> this reminds me of the 2012 election. Actually, not 2012. It was like 2008. How? There was a website called ObamaEatsBabies.com. I think that website still exists. What was this website about? It was like just it was Sarah Palin throwing like JPEG ass. Uh, it was Sarah Palin throwing JPEG babies into Obama's mouth, and like he would make funny noises. He'd be like, "Yummy!" Folks, Chris, 
Chris looks at JPEGs of Sarah Palin's ass. No, it was like he's, JPEG he's, Sarah he's Palin throwing JPEG shade. baby. Anyway, let's get into the fan topics from this week because this is <laughs> going to a weird place. Yeah, this is this is fan topic Yay, week. Fan topic. Because last There's week, so many not, fan topics. So. I I resisted the urge to make it purely fan topics, but hey, Adam, I have a question for you. Uh, let's talk. Let's start from the the top Wait, and work our way. I down. have a question for you. I have a question, Adam. What if a fan wanted to send in a fan topic? Where could they do that? Oh, they had just easily send it to Zelda Informer Podcast at gmail dot com. Once again, that's Zelda Informer Podcast at gmail dot com. You could also tweet it at us. Uh, check out the our Twitters down below. Uh, to find that out. If you don't know what I mean by down below, because you're listening on an app, go to ZeldaInformer dot com. And look up podcast episode sixty three. It'll be right there. And Adam, could you repeat that two more times? Which which thing? The whole thing. That's Zelda Informer Podcast at gmail dot com. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> Zelda Informer Podcast at gmail dot com. If you have Beautiful. any art fans topic submissions or theme song submissions, send them to Zelda Informer Podcast at gmail dot com. Thank you. And if you if you want a fun treat, email PapaJohns at gmail dot com. I don't think that's a real Gmail. I don't it think it probably is. Uh, I think yeah. it's at Papa, Papa John at Papa It Papa might John. be com. the Papa's email. Yeah, it, it just is house. his email. Yeah, he wants a couple, a couple of Sodi Pops. Get a couple of Sodi Pops. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some Sodi Pops. Oh, boy. Uh, but our first fan in the of house. Soda pops, speaking of Sodi Pops and things, I've been playing a different game this week. And by playing, I mean I've played it twice. You mean Undertale? Not Undertale. That's um, strange. I mean, I want to talk about Undertale. But <laughs> I feel like you I always want to talk right about now. Undertale every time we I always want to talk about Undertale. There's never a bad That game time. is only six hours um, long, not even... <laughs> Chris, I will hunt you down. <laughs> do it. Um, you know where I live. Do, do it. it. I know where you live. And he'll be um, there next anyway, week. I will. <laughs> I played Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. Oh, how is it? Uh, so Mario Party, I have, I have some animals. I have some interesting thoughts on that game. I still have to play more, but I have some interesting thoughts. Um, do you want me to share them now? Or Yeah, go for it. D- no, we want okay. you to mention it now and share it like two days from now. <laughs> That's exactly what Adam does. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Amiibo Festival. I have an Amiibo problem, uh, <laughs> and I have a lot. But uh, my girlfriend enabled me by saying, wow, this game looks cute. And that immediately, uh, I heard that and interpreted that as, you have my blessing to buy the Animal Crossing Amiibo and this game. And so I did that. Um, good man. Good. <laughs> uh, so I started playing the game. And it opens up, and the first thing it tells you to do is tap an amiibo on. And I was like, okay, well, it comes with two amiibos, so it makes sense. You have to be able to use it. Who's, so I did that. Who's the one Animal Crossing amiibo that everyone wants? It's like an actual character from Animal Crossing. What's her name? Like Mabel? Not Mabel. Isabel? Isabel. Isabel. Mabel? I was Isabel's think- the one that comes with the game. Oh, okay. Isabel. Oh, Gravity Fall amiibo is one. No, I was thinking Gravity amiibo. Falls, but I meant to think amiibo. Continue. Well, continue. You can uh, <laughs> Anyway, there's, a, there's an Animal Crossing character named Mabel. Um, so we started playing, I started playing it and then we had multiple people there. So we ended up playing four players and I was like, I wonder how similar this is to Mario party. And it turns out yes and no. Define Although, yes I guess and it's not no. Answer to similar. I've heard that it's, uh, mm. well, uh, we started playing and we each pick a character but, and you have to tap the amiibo on to like select the character. So you can't play as the characters unless you have the amiibo on hand. Uh, which was kind of strange, but I was like, well, I own them, so whatever. Um, so we started playing, and I was like, hmm, I wonder how this turn thing is going to work. The only controller they've given me is the gamepad, 
Do we use anything else? It's like, nope. You have to pass the gamepad around as you play, from player to player, each turn. Um, which isn't that unusual. It's kind of quirky, but hey, the gamepad is quirky. Um, the other thing that caught me off guard, although I guess I should have expected it, was literally for every turn, in order to roll the dice for your character, you have to use the amiibo you're playing as. And once I realized that, I just like sat back and was like, this is literally a board game. Well, I mean, we have our pieces. Mario Party is we also can't play without game. it. I know, but it like takes it to a whole new level. You literally have to have these physical pieces that you tap on the gamepad to have move around a virtual board. So what you're saying is someone and can make it, a physical version of this game and get rid of the Wii U aspect entirely. I mean, I'll, if you... You'd have to have a little speaker box that played the Animal Crossing <laughs> jargon. I'm sorry? Uh, every so In often. In English, please? That's the Animal Crossing jargon. He is actually saying, have you seen the weather today? It's absolutely gorgeous. Hi, Scott. Yes. <laughs> have, have you seen the weather today? It's absolutely have, now, gorgeous. Highs in the 80s now, will, and lows I, in the 30s. It's a very that's not horrifying same. day because of the weather shift, but it's gorgeous out, and I can trust you. Perfect day for the beach. The, yeah, that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I mean, it's really cute. You land on state. You land on platforms like good or bad ones that say, like, you, you did this today. Like, mine, I remember one was like, you found a note that you wrote to yourself three years ago complimenting yourself. You feel great. And I was like, I do feel great. Um, uh, there was another one that was like, you watched the shooting stars, but you hurt your neck from looking up so long that it made you sad. Um, so it's all these weird, quirky things that happen to you on your day. And then there's like little events that happen too. Um, and change the gameplay a little bit. But the thing that like, I just, uh, that we couldn't get past was there's no, mini games in the actual um course of the board game really so so it's just you just keep you just keep circulating the turns now they're interrupted by events every so often like the person who's host the the host of the game will sometimes say like hey the game's whatever whatever or a new character will come on and say like hey a new event this event is happening or someone will get frustrated and just turn off the wii u or someone gets frustrated and turns off the wii u yeah it's (laughs) It's cute. It's 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 neat. Uh, it's an enabling. It's enabling my addiction to amiibo, and uh, yeah. Um, I don't think Nintendo's looking too hot in the eyes of people who like like you know games that are worth sixty dollars. Uh, with the release of that last week and uh, Mario Tennis, which has gotten some scathing reviews. Really? Uh, this week. Oh yeah, it's been pretty bad. I mean, basically what I've seen, the the consensus seems to be it's Mario Tennis. I mean, are you sure <laughs> you haven't it. just been reading the Bitblocks tweets? Oh my god. Well, there's uh wait, what is the Bitblock mad about? Which one? Uh everything, <laughs> but specifically okay. Mario Tennis and how Mario Tennis is a uh... But Mario This is weird. I've been noticing this. But Mario Tennis looks great. You know, I have never seen so much like hate for a Nintendo title than Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. I beg like, to differ. There's a, something called Federation Force that hasn't been released yet. Did anybody Did anybody else? Was I the only one who like realized like two days ago uh, like I'm finally off the Nintendo Direct high from last week and I go you know they didn't talk about Federation Force. 
<laughs> I'm not surprised. Okay. You were surprised by that? I don't think they'll ever mention. No, I'm, I said I'm not surprised. Oh, like, but oh, I just realized like, it. Okay. We just they they can't cancel that game for. They're not gonna cancel they, it. They're just probably they not gonna talk about it. But man, they're just gonna like quietly release it, not talk about it, and then let Metroid die. Because that would suck, though. Um, but man, but, the ba- the backlash for Mario Tennis has been like huge over yeah. something that's literally, literally tennis. Mario playing yeah. tennis. Like I, well, I think seen, when it comes, I've seen when the it comes, craziest from... complaints. I've seen people be like, "Oh, well, the cover is too vague," and it's like it's it's Mario with his buddies. Okay. Well, on a tennis those court. are certainly They're those are certainly a little tennis. far. Um, but from what I've seen, the majority of the complaints seem to be just sort of put at this is another Mario tennis game that re- that takes away what made some as some aspects of the older Mario tennis fun. Doesn't really add that much. Besides the which, light, is, it looks which better. is what I mean. I imagine it probably plays the same as any other uh, gosh darn Mario tennis game. So what's different? Uh, what's different from the old ones? Yeah. What What makes this Mario tennis not as good as previous Mario tennis games? From what I've seen, keep in mind I've only played it briefly at E3. Yeah, me too. Um, it's the low amount of characters. Which is also kind of a moot point because the characters all play the same. So it's just kind of, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't really do you any favors either way. Mm-hmm. Um, the lack of modes, there's like one mini game mode that's not that great from what I hear. There's no campaign mode. Uh, there's not really much in the way of unlockables. Mm. It's tennis. It's literally just yeah, tennis. Yeah, this is like, no, the it thing is tennis. And, and that's it what is you tennis. want, and that's what you want for. Right, but here's the thing. Here's it the costs thing. sixty bucks. It's, is it worth buying another a tennis game for sixty dollars when you have we when you've had Wii Sports for years? No. Also, does it, has anyone in the history of ever ever actually purchased Mario Tennis for a full price or any price at all? You just kind of buy it. Yes, <laughs> yes, they they have. Who? <laughs> the people. <laughs> These people need to be rounded up and given a better game. Like what? Hey, that's the not Mario saying, Tennis. Hey, Mario Tennis isn't a bad. These party people should game. be checked. Good party game. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's not a. It's certainly guys. It's certainly not. The year of Luigi killed Nintendo because Mario Tennis is not up to par with previous Mario Tennis games. God, the world's going to end, Colin. You and I have to escape like now. <laughs> I mean, come on. To be honest, we already know. We already knew going in that Nintendo's holiday season is not strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm still very excited for Xenoblade Chronicles X, especially since I realized that you can make your it's, it's still main better than what's show. on the other systems, which is giving us, let's see, what's on the PS4? Um, oh yeah, nothing. And on the X-Bone, oh yeah, nothing. Well, I mean, they have releases that, you know, that aren't even on the Nintendo system. Well, the, 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 there is, I'm talking about the so... multi-platform releases that are on every system except for the Nintendo system. I mean, system. there's Bloodborne. Yeah, Bloodborne has that, the game that of the year. That came out dish. earlier this year. Yeah, they have their we DLC well coming out like, at that point. This holiday season. Their like DLC is coming Tomb Raider is coming out for Xbox One. Sorry, yeah, no one but bought it. But it's a temp exclusive. Nobody bought it because it came out on the same day as Fallout, which was the exactly. mistake. Which sucks, because I actually I actually like the last Tomb Raider game. So I, was... I got it for free on the X-Bone. Really? Yeah, it was on uh, Games for Gold. You got the Definitive yeah, Edition. It was... It's really good. I think I got it's it for like... I... Five. This is not bad. I got it for like say. five bucks on Steam, like all the stuff. And I, uh, oh, dude, I got it. Humble Bundle on Steam it was great. Oh, nice, nice. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but the fact that like the the like the couple like last few months and what we got coming up has given us Mario Maker, 
uh, Fatal Frame. Mario Maker is Mario huge Maker updates. Is even, yeah, Mario, yeah. Mario updates. Maker isn't even like... I, I got it like, a few weeks ago, and it's pretty entertaining. Mario Maker... What, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying the fact that we got those is already between, like, pretty damn between good. Between Mario Maker, uh, Super Smash Bros. 4, and uh, Splatoon, <laughs> there are some games that yeah. Nintendo has been some putting out some serious updates for. Just consistently. Uh, yeah, exactly. Splatoon I, alone. Splatoon I alone is an like... absurd amount of updates. Just constantly oh, like throwing more things at it for free. But honestly, like I just hate having to compare Nintendo with other companies because I feel like Nintendo's in its own special kind of place right now where they're still trying to figure out some things. And I don't feel like it's fair can to I put throw, them against. Can I throw something out here that we that uh was part of a discussion we had over at Gamnesia? I'm just kind of curious about your guys' perspective. Okay. Alright, go for it. Um we often have discussions. We have, you know, it, we're not purely Nintendo, but we have a very large Nintendo fan base, so it's a lot of Nintendo talk. Um, we have come across the discussion of like how Nintendo prices their games and some of the some of the things that Nintendo does. For example, the pricing of Smash DLC has come up multiple times. Um, although I've had some interesting discussions with a friend of mine who's a game designer, and he has some really good points about that. Um, but the thing that's come up most recently is the fact that Pokemon Red, Yellow, and Blue are going to be priced at $10 a piece on the eShop. And just the idea of, are they really worth it? I mean, if it weren't Nintendo and Nintendo games, would someone be able to get away with releasing a 20, is it 20 years now? Yeah, just about 20 yeah. years. 20 year old, a 20 year old title? For ten dollars? No, it seems it. It. it I think it's pricey, but I mean, like I mean, I mean, like they, when I saw the release, I was thinking like six. Yeah, like the usual kind. Yeah, of thing especially for, for like how it's a it's a well designed game, but people can make the same thing an RPG maker now, and they'll only charge a buck for it. Like I, I don't think it's worth ten dollars. For a digital copy of a game that most people, if they actually wanted it, they already own physically. Well, I mean, now it's about ease of access when trying to play it. Because not a lot of people have Game Boy Colors, you know? So, like, they here's, might have their cartridges and stuff like that. Here's what I say. Um, not even just Game Boy Colors, but, like, Game Boy Advance and, and Advance SPs and stuff like that. In terms of the virtual console games, I've learned that Nintendo... I have noticed that Nintendo actually tends to price games that are going to be more popular... Uh, higher than other games we first saw this with the uh, earthbound which was which and that's cost the, more that's the other thing that i'm thinking that's it that's the opposite side though of the of the of what we're just talking about mario tennis being priced at six dollars yeah. i think they need a price that high to stay in the market in a way they need i mean, well, I mean but that's, yoshi's that's woolly weird. world that's... released for fifty dollars and so yeah. did kirby and oh, captain captain toad's treasure tracker was 40 yeah that was 40 I remember and that. donkey so kong it's... was 50 so they're clearly aware that like you know they they they're willing to price these games down and it just kind of makes me wonder what's like going on internally is it just a, de a development i mean maybe thing? they realize that only like dolts that buy mario tennis are the ones that are also complaining about it so they'll just buy it at 60 anyway On, I'm trying to see like where where are people buying these things from? What things from? <laughs> Mario uh, Tennis Ultra Smash. Walmart from game stores. Yeah, and it's priced at sixty. It's priced at sixty. Pretty. That's the standard price. I mean, I'm oh, sure uh, I, no, I'm looking. Someone's putting it on sale. No, I'm looking at everywhere. I see fifty. Oh well, it's Do still fit. Yeah, it's like still Target's fifty dollars. Well, I mean, it's still, it's, you know, it's like, you know, she's really rolling stuff like that. I just feel like the general price for games is in that range, and whether it's 40 or 60, I mean, yeah, I guess the $20 difference really matters, sort of matters, 
But I feel like it it shouldn't be a surprise to people. For me, I feel like thirty dollars is maybe it should be a surprise. Yeah. Like, oh wow, it's cheap. But like anywhere between forty I mean, and sixty, I think I it should like be fine. Twilight. I think if it was forty I mean, or thirty, I feel like Twilight Princess HD is okay where it is. What um, what does that give me, Chris? Mostly because it comes with the amiibo, so it's kind of like okay, it's like a forty five dollar game with an amiibo. Eh, I mean it's it's. Adam, what, what were you saying for you? Was I like... was gonna say that Mario Tennis Ultra Smash for what it is. Um, I don't think people would have had as much of an issue with it if it was forty or thirty dollars. Um, I I think forty is a more reasonable number that they would have actually priced it at. Uh, hopefully it'll help them influence further pricing decisions. But anyway, um, let's get into this week's fan topics because we said we were going to do that about twenty minutes ago. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's oh yeah. <laughs> Instead of talking about this first one comes from Brandon. Uh, hey Adam, I have a question for the podcast team. How do you feel about different Zelda games having completely separate development teams? I understand it allows production to simultaneously continue on games like Zelda Wii U and Traverse Heroes, but I can't help but feel a little bothered by the fact that all hands aren't on deck for the console game. Wouldn't it be better to have a little less separation between the dev teams? It might even make the games better if there were more integration and overlapping of the teams. Sorry for the lengthy question, keep up the good work. Brandon from Tacoma. Thank you so much, Brandon. Uh, Brandon for Tacoma is actually the guy who writes our podcast theme. Uh, so thanks again for all the hard work. Honestly, he's not wrong. I would prefer all of them to have the, the, well, the bigger console games to have all hands on deck. I mean, I think I you're mean, thinking of it like like they're dividing a a, a single team into separate groups instead. No, of, I think they they had a they had a big team. The way this is being asked is is as if both games are being developed by like Nintendo R and D one, and they're just going like, "All right, you four work on this 3DS game, and you four work on this Wii U." Which game, I mean, it's not. And, it, and don't talk. You're to not each like. Other. You're not wrong for assuming that because we don't really know how they do things in that company. But it's it's not. I, I, I would like imagine that it's not exactly I, the practice, especially because the way Nintendo... I assume Ni- I assume the people that are working on Triforce Heroes are ones that really only know about how to make a game for the 3DS, and I imagine the people that are working on the Wii right. U are the ones that only know how to work I on think, the Wii U, and that they're separate teams because I that's what that their job is. I think that we have this, this false perception of game studios because of companies like uh, Atlas and because of uh, uh, Sonic Team from Sega where it's like literally a team is set up to make a certain thing uh, or a th- certain series. They're, that's their series, like all of them. I mean, Aonuma is the director for Zelda games, but the people that he, the the mini-me's or the minions that he has working on these games uh, often different with each with each project. There's There's a few people that stay consistent throughout, but those people are usually recognizable like koji kondo is a recognizable yeah name. they're like more like um, producers and things like that on right in the game you might have then, a lead developer a lead designer or lead programmers that'll stay consistent because they have experience but other than that everyone else is probably going to be someone new uh i i honestly feel the, like what happens the people that worked like, on a triforce uh a link between worlds probably didn't work on triforce heroes it's probably a different team entirely those people probably got put like on something maybe like yoshi's woolly world or uh mario maker development i I feel like the r&d teams or for any developers actually like they just sort of like switch around so to speak right like not like like yeah the smaller guys because some people want to go into different positions or some people want to try different things and within companies well it's it's a difference of uh of careers in in america a team basically what i mean is that people are usually hired for a company through a company for a single job and then once that job is done they leave the company and they work for another company on a different project while in japan what ends up happening is you work for a company 
like Nintendo, and you stay within that company and you develop games for them consistently. You may not be working on the same series every time, but you're always going to be working for Nintendo. And that's that's why you have this sort of changing of hands with each game. That's why you have this constant rotation of developers, because they find people that they like, that they want to keep in employment, and they make them work on several different projects. And it works better because you, you get a consistency in feel and design when you have a consistent uh, group of people making all of your games. Also, going back to what I said mm-hmm. about there being def- probably separate teams for Wii U, and oh yes, yeah. here's a little here's a little fun fact that most people don't know. Um, depending on what port of a console, like of a game you're playing for what console, it might not even have been developed by the company that actually made the game. Usually, certain companies actually license out other companies to do the porting job for them. And sometimes uh, they do it good, sometimes they do it bad. Yeah, sometimes they're great, sometimes it's awful. Thanks Ubisoft. Um, but like for example, like Valve self-publishes all their games on PC, but when they're doing a console version, it's EA. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. And most publishers um, and developers now are actually getting other studios to make uh, last-gen ports of games, which is why you're seeing some right. certain last-gen versions of newer games either get delayed or canceled because they're just being done by completely I mean... different companies. Twilight Princess HD is being done by an outside company. They're, they're, it's being done by a company that specializes in ports. It's not being done by Nintendo's in-house team. Uh, yeah. And that's that's. I think that's I figure com- most like HD remakes for a lot of games are like that. Not all. Like if, I, I think yeah. Wind Waker no, no, no. was done well, in-house. I mean, well, I mean, not just like Nintendo exclusively, but like if I, you go into like the right. HD remakes for a lot of like the, you know, there's Sony titles like Jack and Daxter. Naughty Dog didn't do the, uh, didn't do the HD releases. That was a, a totally different company that Naughty Dog sort of supervised. You know, like, yeah. Nintendo will supervise these companies, but, like, they'll pretty much give, like, you know, the reins over to the other guys to actually do the job for them. Same thing mm-hmm. with, um, I want to say, like, yeah, games like Gears of War for the Xbox, you know, when they're trying to make sure that they're up to date with, like, the, um, what is it, like, the Gears of War Ultimate Edition, mm-hmm. whatever that, like, the the new one, that's pretty much a remake of, it's not even a remake, it's just an HD texture update um, of the first one. That was the, the new version of, like, Epic Game Studios. There was also that, was. um, that, uh, remake of Halo that was done a few years ago before Bungie stopped working on mm-hmm. Halo, and that was done by 343. Right. That was their first game. Right. Uh, you mentioned EA, and actually I read a few things this week that really interested me from EA. Uh, they were talking about their acquisition history, um, and oh boy. about how they, uh, they kind of under they kind of realized that they had a very bad history with acquisitions. They'd buy a company, they'd it'd go bad, and then they'd close the studio completely. Yeah, and that was their history of, and they they realized like we shouldn't keep doing this. We're doing a bad job. So hopefully, Visceral is safe because Visceral was next in line for the shopping block, according to most people. Um, and that was disappointing to me. Cause I'll... I mean, at some mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, it has to be too little, too late, because they've been doing this for twenty years. Right. So. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that uh, the last victim was the uh, the Sims Studio. Yeah, wasn't that Max? Yeah, Maxis. Yeah. Maxis was the last big one that they closed down. Um, the other thing that they said was interesting was uh, making games like Battlefield and Battlefront more uh, esports uh, competitive or viable. Which is, it's good 
in some ways because it, it says that a company is willing to really invest other than Microsoft in esports. Uh, but it's bad See, because know, it's EA and EA will somehow make this really bad. Well, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. My my but... problem with this, my problem with this news is like trying to put trying to get Battlefield to do things that Battlefield is not all about. Mm -hmm. Like Hardline was awful. And, but for a lot and, of reasons. For a lot, for a lot of, of reasons. I mean, gameplay is was bad and you know all that stuff. But like the, the primary issue is that Hardline was just not a Battlefield game. There is no reason why it needed to be a big map Battlefield game. And there's no reason why Battlefield Hardline or 4 need to become more smaller and more competitive in esports than previous games. Like, there's no reason for mm -hmm. it. Battlefield should just be, you know, this may sound hipster-esque, but it should literally be the thing that's in the title. It should just be a giant battlefield of dudes, like, firing guns at each other. Like, no one ever complained of balance in the earlier games because there was no such right. thing. Right, right. And they, they try to fix problems that didn't exist. And same thing with Battlefront. Like, Battlefront is, again, just, it's it's literally just a giant battlefield of just Star Wars stuff. And probably one of my biggest issues with the newest Battlefront was the fact that it's so, like, chopped down and small. Like, that kind of misses the whole point. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at the original Battlefront, not Battlefront 2, the one that everyone knows and loves, but the first Battlefront game, which is sort of the underdog of them, it sort of relates more to this to this new one than the second one. So, you know, like, just because they're this is their first time, you know, doing this type of thing with the series. So they're trying to do... I guess smaller things that they can sort of control so that things don't get out of hand so that they don't mess up. So they're trying to get... But that's dumb because every, whenever when anyone dumb, thinks of Battlefront, they think of Battlefront 2. And yeah, there's yeah. no reason... There, and it's not like Battlefront 2 came out five years ago. It came out ten years ago. There's no reason why a brand new 2015 Battlefront should be smaller in size and have less features than a game no, that came but out like, 10 No, but what I'm saying is like, they gotta walk before they can run. I, th you know? I think of it as... And I but think it's it, nice! I, I they can think make it's, a perfectly I think it's competent big Battlefield shooter. No. What do you mean, no? No, they should... If if they say they're gonna make a sequel to Battlefront and they have the, the capabilities to do so, they should do it. And if EA wants to make a smaller more competitive focused shooting game they have the medal of honor franchise like sure the last two games were terrible but that's what medal of honor always was compared to battlefield medal of honor was their call of duty i just think that uh it's the same sort of issue that sakurai had with the smash brothers community he made smash brothers uh melee and he made these ideas that people seem to really cling on to and then with brawl he's trying to change some things and he got a lot of backlash for it um so I think that they should have taken that as kind of an example and realized that once you make something that people like, you should try to stick to that. Uh, I mean, wasn't that the kind of part of the controversy with the Mario Ultra Smash tennis game? Smash game tennis. Tennis smash. Mario yeah. Strikers, but with rackets. Did you know the original title for Melee? This is this is like completely different, but it, I was reading this earlier today. The the like the Japanese title for Super Super Smash Brothers Melee is Great Melee Smash Brothers DX. I love it. Why wasn't that the name? That I would <laughs> it's so ludicrous. I, I, love I want it. no no featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry. Oh my god, it's everything that we need. Uh, but yeah, it's the Sakurai effect. You make something that's good, and then you try to change some things down the road, and you end up just pissing everyone off. Um, I think that Battlefield Hardline was like their attempt to kind of 
be too much like Call of Duty with a with a setting oh, that really was. didn't fit that idea and it burned them out in the end. Uh especially when you read about how Hardline actually started as a kickstarted like completely separate like 6 versus 6 game called Police Warfare and then EA bought the rights to it and then told Visceral to just make it into a Battlefield which, game. Which so, yeah, it's kind of it's it, kind of, it, it really was a completely different game. They just turned into Battlefield. And it was yeah, no it was reason. two it was two really good studios who were forced to kiss on a project that they really didn't <laughs> want to do that on. Yeah. Uh but anyway, uh thank you for your your topic Brandon, but let's move on to our next one. <laughs> Hey guys, so as a Pokemon and Zelda fan, ooh, I've been thinking and came up with an interesting question. If Link was a Pokemon trainer, what would his team of six be? Let's exclude obvious things like Honedge, the sword, and Eponita, Epona, Ponita, since that kind of takes all the fun out of this. Honestly, I'm not sure, but I know you guys can come up with some cool ideas. Thanks guys, Ben from Michigan. P.S. Adam, if you can make a John Cena reference somewhere in the podcast, I will send you all the unicorns, rainbows, and happiness I can find. Thanks. Unicorns aren't real, so you get no reference. This will now be this will be now my last episode if he puts that in. Um, <laughs> fun fact: yeah. I, I Adam sends us these before we do the podcast. I really wanted him to introduce me like you introduced John Cena, but he but he didn't because and also and you didn't say that's anything. the real reason I was quiet because we unicorns aren't real. And I was just depressed about that. So it was kind of in spite of you. But thank you again, Ben from Michigan. Uh, also, why well, you got to take out Honage, man? Just because it's one of it's two of the obvious Honestly, ones I wasn't even doesn't thinking... mean that those aren't really good additions. Hon- and we also have Honita, four more. Honage and the sword were not even on my mind when I thought of Link's like, All right. Pokemon team. For my, my first choice is uh, Scyther. Scyther? Yeah. Uh, wrong. I choose Caesar. All right. All right. Why why Scizor over Scyther? Because Caesar's better than Scyther. I mean, you're not wrong. You know, stats-wise, but, but, stats but green actually starts off the adventure with Scyther, Scyther and then gets Caesar along the way, much like how you upgrade your Master Sword in a lot of the handheld games. Oh, get, you a, know, get out of here, Adam. Get out with your, you know, your references. You know, <laughs> Link, you know, Link, Link the boy, he, uh, he goes through many... He goes through many different dungeons that go through many different uh, themes of uh, based on different elements. I I imagine his team of six would be literally every evolution of Eevee. So so that way you'd have a Pokemon for every situation. Nice. There you go. Bada bing. Put that right in the oven. Maron. Mamma Mia. Spicy meatball. Mamma Mia. Papa Pia. Papa John's. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, I was like, this is the this is the moment my life has been leading towards on this podcast um because i probably know all the pokemon at this point let's see for link uh i want to give him a starter pokemon so i'd probably say bulbasaur because vine whip is like grappling hooks yep the fox one from x and y no we don't talk about those games not here not ever. Why? I think a bull. I think a Bulbasaur could work. I'll I'll buy that. Yay. Um, he should have a Bulbasaur. He should have a Celebi. Uh, obviously, he, he most have... certainly should not have a Celebi. Why not? Fairy. Yes, he should. Fairy. No, fairy because... type. It's like it's lit. It's a little fairy from the forest, yeah. and it travels give through him, time. Are give... you kidding me? <laughs> right, it's like the first all... one you think of. So he gets a legendary. He's OP as. Yeah. It's Link. 
<laughs> it's Celebi. It's not that powerful. Uh, you have it's you ever have you trained a Celebi? Uh, no, because it's not worth so. it. It's not worth it. That's why you don't know. Actually, why it is bother. worth it. Have you? No, looked, it's not. Have, oh my god, Jeff! I spent four years of my life playing Pokemon, EV training every Pokemon I ever. It's received. not worth it. it. It's not worth it, my friend. I'm sorry. I can guarantee you. I can tell you ten reasons why you're wrong. I'm going to figure out the other the other members of Link's team. Um, I've seen people suggest. I think I've seen people suggest that he should have a Braviary. I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, not a huge fan. Uh, I like it because of the Loftwing reference, so I guess that's okay. I like it. Um, yeah, I like it. I think he should have a Gardevoir. Nah. Uh, no, I think it'll, I think it'll work. I just don't like Gardevoir. I think he, no, a, a Galad. I think a Galad would be better because of the Swordsman. Uh, yeah, so those ones. Uh, I need some other thoughts, other suggestions. Like, I can think of the Pokemon, but there's I'm, I'm choosing from over 700 here, so I need throw out words that describe Link. And quiet. Those he works Brave. With. Quiet. Naive. Uh, quiet what? Naive. Uh, Easily bossed around. Uh, uh, I'm going to say he should have an Eevee. So we got Eevee, Celebi, Braviary, Gardevoir or Galad. Interchangeable. And Beedrill. The Bulbasaur, which I'm not. No, not a <laughs> Come on, Adam. Uh, and I'm gonna say the last one should be. I, I'm tempted to say legendary, but I don't think I should. Growlithe, because it's big and he can ride it. I'm gonna say Arcanine. Wait, no. One. What's the cow one? Milk tank. Yeah, milk tank. Cause m- milk. Why? Cause, Cause milk. then he never has to go out and get. Uh, he never has to go to the milk bar because he has one. He has a supply with him at all times. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but still, I don't know. It feels kind of. Okay, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. We're good. We're good. Okay, so we got Celebi, Milk Tank, Braviary, Gardevoir or Galad, Eevee, and I, I, I know you said Bulbasaur, but I, I'm just not feeling Bulbasaur. I'm sorry. How dare you, Jeff? I'm or... sorry. I'm not feeling Bulbasaur. Chespin? Uh, I... Chikorita? No. I've been no? wanting to say Dawnfan, but I, I can't find a good reason for that besides for that it's one of my favorite Pokemon. Um, Maybe a fan page. That'd be cute. But uh, let's see. I'm just gonna say Aegis Slash, Aegis Slash, because he said no Hone Edge. So I'm just gonna be that guy and just go with one of its evolutions. It has the shield. It does have the shield. So it that's shield that's more length than the other one. So there you go. Zelda former I feel like podcast. There's a hero Pokemon. Is there not a hero Pokemon? I don't know. We're moving Thank on. God. We're moving on. We're done. Thank you, Ben from Michigan. Uh, this is a topic that Chris is particularly interested in, so uh, let's get to this one. Hi from Australia. Hello, mate. Nintendo needs to sell more oh, home... Oh, jeez, Adam. Ah, come on. Had to. Luke's not even on That's the why screen. I had come to on, for man. him. He understands. Terrible. Luke's out there. He's listening. Terrible. Love oh, you, babe. Koalas, giant spiders, Vegemite. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got our quota in. Let's Nintendo go. needs to sell more home consoles in the future. Do you think a Zelda pack, it could be digital only for the NX release, with Zelda on it, Wind Waker HD, Twilight Princess HD, and the demo of an entirely new Zelda game for the NX could be released within the first 12 months of the NX's lifespan would bring back gamers to Nintendo. Remember the Zelda pack for GameCube. Thanks for the podcast, guys, and you should all go and buy Adam a Wii U. Sincerely, Eli. 
Thank you, Eli, but no one has the money to buy me a Wii U, not even me. Yeah, I was going to say, the reason why I chose this topic as one of my favorites is because who the heck is going to buy Adam a Wii U? <laughs> um, that is not the reason. With what Actually, money? Yeah, exactly. Um, I like, I like, uh, I like how he says, remember the Zelda pack for GameCube, like Nintendo's second worst selling console. Um, remember how that idea went over well? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't think that having this. I think if you included a couple grains of sand of the, the, of the Lost Ark of the Covenant, it still wouldn't sell some like Nintendo. Yeah, I, I don't think this Or the actual Ark of the Covenant. Console. Yeah, I think, I think. That's a very, it's a very off, expensive for them, package. For them to release, for them to release, um, literally, like. <laughs> Wind Waker HD. Like, two HD remakes. A game for a previous console and a demo for an actual new game. For That's the like killing bought. all of their sales I, for the next five yeah. years. Like those games, Wind Waker HD still makes the money. Twilight Princess HD will make the money for years to come. Zelda U will make yeah. the money for years to come. And a demo like that—that that would be a, that. Not only would that be a lot, the the amount of time it would take to package all of that, and the amount of time it would take to make a demo for a new game. We'd be seeing Zelda U in 2020. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting, and I you do bring up a good point. You know, there was the Zelda bag for GameCube, but it didn't sell as well as it could have. It wasn't uh, as good of an idea. It was. It didn't perform well, so I doubt they're going to go with it again. No one, no one bought the GameCube because of the Zelda. They pack, bought it for Smash Bros. On that note, no one bought the GameCube. I like anyway. Yeah. In fact, I think I just read recently that the. Um, the PS4 is now selling 30 million units. So already the PS4 is about to sell more than the GameCube did. So there you go. I mean, I just feel like nin- Nintendo knows that they don't even need these game these game packs. Like they're about to sell the Wii U with both Splatoon and Smash Brothers in it. So I mean, I feel like that would even sell more than like a Nintendo pack or not a Nintendo a Zelda pack, just because. <clears throat> they're offering two games from the current console, um, and mm-hmm. uh, probably some of the, the two most popular games out there right now. You know, you don't want to sell a new console with last gen titles on it necessarily. You want to sell a new console with current gen titles and maybe like the the biggest of them. So that's just my uh, my opinion on that. I know we were talking about this earlier, but um, I think if Nintendo really wants to sell a new system they need to they need to get the triple a's they need to get the third party back uh that's really what it comes but do you think they can in the next couple of years i mean we've talked about it no i think i think their first parties work it's just they need decent first parties to do it something like i i felt like uh smash brothers did i feel like mario kart that's what i got my wii with mario kart because i knew i'm like that's but it doesn't it doesn't sell the system that's the thing i feel like it's i feel like it, it it sold the system. The the thing that people it look... sold it, it sells the system, but not as much as the general right. public. Yeah. People will buy an Xbox One or a PS4, knowing that most of the games that they're going to get on there, they can get on the other system. Uh, mm-hmm. People don't buy a Wii U because they know that while they get a lot of exclusives, they don't get most of the stuff that other systems get. Yeah, it's you, you get locked into exclusives, which is a really bad thing to have. Which is why PC gaming has exploded over the past couple of years because. You get ex- you get almost all exclusives from all systems, as well as the entire wealth of gaming history available on your one device. 
it's very it's very yeah. convenient for people people are drawn to that um i mean there's and that's there's not just because of steam expected. because we we've, we've looked at reports people still buy physical cds for their computer games it's more more people buy physical cds for their computer games than they buy actually digital download versions of games on steam um, I, I find that interesting because you know like it you, you don't get the steam thing so like why do that uh, I I mean I, I you can you can register your games for Steam if you have the physical copy they they do honor that yeah. that digital download like agreement because that's that's part of their agreement with companies as long as you have the the code that's usually included I in the box. You just need the disc. Well, you just oh I think I think you need to insert the disc to be able to play. Uh, I th- no, no if you have the register this, this is not two thousand. I think if you have the registration key, uh, it it works just fine. Um. But yeah, a lot of people just have a physical version of the game that they usually play on their computers. I mean, it's it's rare. It's it's not unheard of, but it's it's rare to be uh, like what me and I think Colin does, which is to have a lot of the games that you play on Steam digitally. You know, it's it's not that. Yeah, it's common. I mean, there's always the rumors and speculation that the NX is like super powerful and third parties are always like are already like, ooh, I can't wait to develop on but that. But then we got the same thing um, about the PS3 and then developers drop like flies. Yeah, it, it what it really comes down to is um, That wasn't a slam at Sony, by the if, way. That was just if, fact. Oh, can't can't upset Sony. Just gotta say um, that. <laughs> yeah, but what it comes down to is what it always comes down to. Nintendo can't really like sell off of Nintendo anymore. Um, they kind of need the third parties at this right, point. Right, but the, the not not to say that I I mean I'm if the NX continues to be just another Nintendo system that only releases exclusives, whatever, that's fine by me. I'll yeah. still buy it because it's good right. games. But to say to say if that if they like, want to be if they want to grow instead of stay middle grounded. They really do need to get that third-party support. And part of it is just getting developers interested in using what they have or comfortable with it because the Wii U was a very cool device. Like, there was a lot of capabilities with it, but no one jumped on it. Yeah, well, because the issue with the Wii U was that most people just saw it as, like, oh, Nintendo now has a system that's, like, marginally more powerful than the 360. Let's just bring over all our 360 games. Mm -hmm. And... It's a very it wasn't a, story. It wasn't a... the, the Wii U is much more powerful than the 360 or the PS3, right. but it, most developers weren't interested it was... in that. So most of them just put it out was, hack it was, jobs. It was poorly marketed and... across the board to consumers and developers. That's yeah. that's the general consensus. People that know I mean, there was the a, story um, know that it was just poorly done. As a, as like a re- like a, a great example is Rebellion did a port of Sniper Elite V2 mm-hmm. on the Wii. U, I remember that, which was. By the time this port had come out, the game was already like a year and a half old, mm-hmm. and they were charging fifty dollars for just a single player. None of the DLC included, not even the multiplayer right. or the co-op included. It was just a single player for fifty. Batman bucks. Arkham, uh, what was it? Arkham Knight Asylum, Asylum. Asylum. Uh, released on the Wii U, and it had an extra mode added along with all the DLC. That was smart, yeah, which, and it sold copies. There you go. That's that's it fine. sold copies. It didn't. St- Black Ops Two on the Wii U uh, made really great like use of the gamepad. It was probably the best console port of that game. I I like the gamepad a lot. I think it's yeah. And I think that at the same time, a lot of developers were also scared that you know people wouldn't. They'd have to use the the screen for something. Um. So I I don't know. It's 
hopefully the NX will be a little bit more streamlined for developers, that they'll be interested in just making those games available on the Wii U. Um, and we've seen yeah. a lot of Kickstarters lately have added Wii U as a as an initial port goal as opposed to a later on goal. Because a lot of the time it used to be that like if we get to 2 million or 200,000, we'll make a Wii U port. And the PS4 and Xbox One versions were the first thing that were added as soon as they started hitting stretch goals. Uh, but that, that normal is kind of changing. And um, Nintendo has been kind of working on it or trying to work on being more open with other developers, trying to be more open with third parties. Uh, that's why you see Donkey Kong and Bowser in that Spyro Racing game. And and to answer your question once again, I I don't think a a bundle of a brand new system with uh, two remasters of GameCube games and a backwards compatible Wii U game would probably make do very well. Right. Uh, I want to do one mention really quick. And then we're going to get to our last fan topic. Uh, this comes from a fan named Tetrabell. Hey guys, really love your show. I've gone back and listened to almost 30 episodes. I'm so sorry. Majora's Mask is my favorite Zelda game because it was the game I learned to play video games on. My dad would show me Good how to man. do a mission, then turn back time so I could do it myself. In episode 33, you guys briefly discussed a Zelda musical. I'm very surprised that I haven't heard you guys talk about the Majora's Mask musical being written by M. Boltu. Check out a site for or on YouTube. He also recently did an arrangement for Undertale. Thanks for making my days much more enjoyable. Tetrabell. Correction. He did it's, an arrangement for Undertale. Yes, he did. He didn't make it. He's not working on a Zelda musical. He's working on a Majora's Mask opera. So that's why we didn't yeah. talk about it, because it's a totally different genre. Snap. I'm just kidding. I didn't know about it at the time. And I tried looking at his site, but it is horribly coded and I can't get through anything. Uh, but I'll put a link down below for his YouTube for those of you that are interested. Uh, it sounds like a really interesting idea. Um, I remember there was a guy who was trying to make a Nightmare Before Christmas musical, uh, years ago. I think it's the same guy who did the Sweeney Todd musical, but I hated it, um, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Uh, but thank you for the email. And thank you to everyone else who sends us in just regular, um, uh, email saying hello or just asking a question. Uh, and if you have any of your own, feel free to send this to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, Colin, I said it again twice. Um, if you ha- you can feel free to send us topics, theme song submissions, cover art, or anything, as long as it's just uh, something that has to do with the podcast. Uh, but let's get into our last fan topic for this week. It comes from a frequent uh, questioner named Michael. Hey, Zelda Informer Podcast. Did you see how Nintendo made Star Fox Zero look good since E3? My question is, yes. how much better do you think Twilight Princess HD will improve in four months? A lot of people don't like it, but I like it a lot. I wouldn't mind buying it the way it is right now. What are you guys' opinions on it? And what do you think they can do to make the, some people stop hating on Twilight Princess HD? Keep up the good work, Michael. Thank you again, Michael. Um, Yeah, no, I was incredibly surprised with how uh, Star Fox Zero HD, or Star Fox Zero looked. It looked like yet. an HD update because I remember when we were at E3, uh, Jeff, you might remember this. We were talking to Colin about how the textures for that game, when you flew in close, they looked really, really compressed. What, for Star Fox? Yeah, they were very blurry. Like, if you got close to the ground and stuff, you could see how poor the textures were because it used to be. Uh, it was originally a game that was made for the Wii. And then well, it got. Star Fox is looking a lot better now. Oh, it looks fantastic like, now. That was like. 
two things that um, came out from uh, that during the direct work. One, it looks a lot better, and two, they're waiting until April. Like, it's one thing to say you're going to push it so it's no longer an end-of-the-year release. There's a whole other thing to say we're going to wait for almost five months into next year, and I think right. that's really smart. Right. Uh, not only that, but they did convince me on Raptor mode a little bit. Because I remember at E3, the common complaint was, I don't see the point of Raptor mode. And now they, they've introduced, they've shown off some levels that seem to better highlight why uh, the, the that new transformation for the, the Star Fox's R-Wing uh, actually matters. And the new tank uh, and its transformation really remind me of uh, old Star Wars like flying uh, dogfight games where you could... It reminds me a lot of what Star Fox 2 was going to be. What do you mean? Because if you remember, um, I don't know if you've ever actually seen like footage of Star Fox 2 or played the leaked ROM. I did not play the leaked ROM. But that game was all about like the R-Wing turning into like land transport vehicles and, and being able to like run around and, and do all sorts of crazy stuff. I didn't know that. Very similar to how this game does. Oh, yeah, yeah it had the same uh, Raptor mode. Yeah. Looked a little different, but it was it was the same idea. It makes me wonder, with, with Nintendo... Again, getting off topic. That's sorry, fine. But with with Nintendo releasing like super rare um, games on the Virtual Console and even unreleased games now with uh, Earthbound Beginnings, I wonder if they will actually take their ROM of Star Fox Two, which was finished, and actually put it on the VC for Star Fox Zero. Like call it Star Fox. Uh, can't just call it Star Fox Two. And just... Or they could like give it like a weird, cool code name, like Star Fox Cancelled Mission or Star Fox The Secret Files or something like that. No, because I, I imagine it would just be the wrong. Files. I don't know. Uh, I'm just throwing out names right now. Somebody. <laughs> because they, I mean, they called they called Earthbound the, Beginnings the, Mother One. Earth, they called yeah. it Earthbound Beginnings, but if you play the ROM, it just it's Earthbound. it's Earthbound One, but it's also called Mother Mother Zero by some people, even though it like yeah. like mo- like Mother Two Earthbound absorbed the franchise, which is kind of hilarious and sad. Um. So yeah, I could I could definitely see them changing the name, uh, but maybe they'll just release it as Star Fox too. I don't know. But um, no, the game game looks definitely better. That's that's how game de- you know development usually goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I have seen like I, I have seen a few comparison videos between the new Twilight Princess HD and the original one for the Wii, and there are certain things that do look better. Like Link's model is cleaned up a hell of a lot. It seems to be mostly environment things that don't seem uh, up to par. They either, they, yeah, they, they either seem upscaled improperly, or they just seem like they're just using some, yeah. some older placeholder. people that uh, people that played Wind Waker HD um, know how much a, an HD remake should improve. But at the same time, Wind Waker had the the nice. Um, the whole thing of the fact that all the textures in that game were very simple. Right. They were just mostly one color. Right, but if you're not going to do it right, don't do some, it at all. Some detail here and there. The problem with Twilight Princess is, I imagine, it's probably... It was a, a game that was designed to be the most, like, that. visually interesting and beautiful and, like, dark Zelda game in... ever. Like, it was supposed to be... I'm sure... I'm sure by the time it releases, they'll... Most of those environment textures will be cleaned up and looking pretty damn good. Hopefully. And maybe um, they'll get rid of that weird so far, yellowish so glow. So far, my only... Yeah, no, so far my only issue with the the new Twilight Princess HD remake for me is the fact that, like, they, they put, like, this weird, like, daytime 
HDR bloom effect. Which they tend to do it. with their remakes. That makes it look, yeah, it looks, everything yeah, looks yellowy but and it, gross. But the problem here is that it makes it look like the game is so much brighter and colorful, which that was not the It was the whole supposed point to be gray and very morbid, yeah, no, it's, which well, is cool. I feel like that, that's, that's, why I feel like that was one of the, the un- grimdark unintended game. side effects, like... It's weird when you're in the Twilight Realm and everything's like all blurry and bat, all blurry and dark and gray. And like the part of the benefit of the original release was like it kind of made it okay that the graphics weren't like right up to know, par, the yeah. top, top, yeah, the top of the top. They were good for the time, but not the top of the top. Now it's kind of like they've made it clearer, and it's like not sure if you're, it's serving this. We're same we're seeing the well. flaws as opposed to seeing improvements you like it's not it only right. serves to hurt the the game's aesthetic by doing what they've done so far uh right and i think i i think the best way to say it is uh colin over from amnesia he, he mentioned this in one of our chats was uh the original twilight princess looked a lot good for 2006 and then twilight princess hd does for 2016 <laughs> jeff i think you mean it looked a lot well thank you <laughs> what did i say you said a lot good, but also a lot well doesn't Did work. Did I say a lot good? Yeah, and I said a lot well. Both of those don't work. <laughs> Either way, better. I want my yeah, a lot I better want my is the right dark one. Zelda to be grim dark, which is really what it comes down to. Yeah, no, that's that's the idea. <laughs> I mean, so, they call it the freaking Twilight I mean, Realm. If that isn't the most yeah. grim dark thing I have heard in a Zelda game, I don't know what is. He turns into a yeah. wolf. Um. I I'm sure they Calm will. Calm down, Lovecraft. I'm I'm sure they'll they'll clean it up mm-hmm. and make it look nicer. Because as people pointed out, you can get HD texture packs for uh, the Dolphin emulator, and it looks better. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what else they're planning on adding to it. Because we know that it's got the um, we know that it works with the Amiibo. I'm very curious about what they'll do. Um, but it sounds like they've got some other things in mind too, because they did. Here's here's me- something I was I did not bring this up last week and I totally forgot to because I'm a dumb dumb dummysome. What a dumb but, dumb dummysome. Yeah, but I I forgot to ask this because I, I, I didn't pay attention and I have not rewatched the trailer. Is Link left-handed or right-handed? Right-handed. Yeah. It's, okay. It's that so does that mean does that mean it will actually be compatible with the Wiimote? I would assume so. So that's pretty much it yeah so it kind of sucks i wish they would have kept the left-handed aspect and brought it back but i guess not yeah but so which begs the question is i i wish i forgot to because i still don't even it'd be weird though if it was left-handed because now you can actually play with the controller but (laughs) they had remote support and they would just flip over to right i feel like there's a decent chance that they'll make it reversible Maybe I feel like so, that's like I mean I, I imagine there's enough is like, we, space on the Blu-ray. I mean, like, actually, uh, well, look at it. You're talking about like a game that doesn't look that impressive. They've got to put it into somewhere, uh, the work yeah. into somewhere. So I'm thinking that's a possibility, especially since like that was such a big issue when that game came out because it has the first world. Is Wii U Link <laughs> left-handed or right-handed? Uh oh, we'd have to check the when he draws his bow, uh, in the trailer. I think someone mentioned that he's he's right-handed in the trailer. I, I want to say, but I mean, yeah, he should, I think he's right-handed in the uh, he, the VGA bow, demo. His bow, sorry, what's there's a, there's a name for like the one that she, the hand the hand that's pulling the arrow or holding the yes. arrow. And as I'm well. pretty sure he was right-handed in that. Right. 
Yeah, he's he's um, yeah. What he's right-handed in the uh, gameplay. Yeah, was anybody else surprised um, that the Zelda U footage looked like the footage that we saw last year? I mean, I've been expecting like a total visual overhaul with the delay. I, I expect a lot of changes, especially with how much of a delay. They're like, it wasn't even a question of, oh, we're gonna change a few things, or they said we're changing everything. They didn't say that. Well, they said that we need we we completely rethought ideas, and we're gonna change a bunch of things. Right, and I mean, I'm they still said that they're with my, I'm still sticking with my guns that. Uh, part of the reason it's delayed is because they're like, you know what, let's develop this for the NX at the same time. Maybe. I mean, I... That's, I, what I'm, that's where I'm sticking. If that's, that's the with. only thing that... If that's the only reason why they're delaying it, I'm, I'd be horribly disappointed. Just because that seems like a lot of waiting for nothing. I mean, I don't think so. Um, if the if the next system, whatever it is, uh, does happen to be more capable of certain aspects over others, it would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make sure that the next Zelda game really has that for it, going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be uh, extremely disappointing, though, just because it'd be the first... That would make the Wii U the first console to... The first Nintendo console to not have a Zelda... Not have an original Zelda game on it. Right. Um, even if it gets... Um, even if it does get Zelda U and it's launched like simultaneously on the NX, it's still like the GameCube even got two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you guys want a uh, in in uh, depth analysis of the Twilight Princess HD f- footage, uh, friends over at Game Explain actually did a video on it, uh, which you can check out down below. Uh, if you want to see how you can pre-order Twilight Princess HD, you can also check the link dump down below on ZeldaInformer.com. And uh, I guess that's about it for this week's episode. Uh, I think. Thank you for about that time. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about before we headed out? No. Uh, Linkle. Linkle's neat. Be happy about it. Oh, uh, we're... Linkle's great. I love Linkle. She's not female Link. uh, She's a great character. And she's interesting. We got crossbows. Also, she's not designed by Nintendo. She's designed by another company entirely. So she's not even canon. Anyway. Okay, hold on. Here's the thing. Hmm? I, I read somewhere that... It was designed as sister Link, yeah. as like a sister like, but it's not sister. Like it is sort of female version. I read that from multiple websites. Eh, there's from nothing like, says like nothing is claiming that to be true. Well, there's nothing claiming when she was it when she was developed. It said on the sheet that it was Link's sister. Yeah, but like from from every other th- like thing that I've seen, it's like there's not saying that she is. The sister, or like, or that she is. I, so it's like I mean, you're going based off speculation, and I'm going based off of actual information from the developers' uh, reference well, sheet. I mean, this, Listen, they, here's I the mean, bottom if they line. released if it you, to if like, like li- if you like Linkle, you play yeah. as Linkle. If you don't, there's like 39. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just I don't. I don't want people to say, "Hey, we're wrong." Well, I'm, I'm saying ignore. we're not wrong, nor are we right. You can play as the the king in in Hyrule Warriors. You can play as the boat. My life. Which is the one thing that I remember asking for the most. That you can switch between him, his regular form and the boat form. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And uh, I feel like I was going to say something else. I probably forgot. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, so leave your comments down below. And uh, next week, we're going to be recording a little bit early because of the Thanksgiving break. So if you have any topics, feel free to send those in in advance. 
zeldinformerpodcast at gmail.com, or you can check us out on Twitter. Follow us there, see more about the podcast, or if you're interested, you can watch me stream art. Sometimes I'm working on podcast banners, sometimes I'm working on other things. You can find that over at picardo.tv forward slash Milkman Art Delivery, or check down below and follow it. You'll get an email alert anytime I'm streaming. All right, guys, thanks for joining me, uh, and I hope hey, you have bye. a wonderful week. Bye. Happy birthday, we you. Happy birthday, we you. Shut up, Jeff. It's the Wii U's birthday today. Watch out! Thank <laughs> you.